Welcome to Season 4 of E-Commerce Fastlane. This podcast helps resilient entrepreneurs thrive with Shopify. And now on to Episode 175. You're listening to E-Commerce Fastlane, the podcast show to help you build, manage, grow, and scale a successful and thriving company powered by Shopify. Listen to real conversations with partners and subject matter experts as they share proven practical strategies, platforms, and the best Shopify apps to help you accelerate your business. The time is now for you to improve efficiencies, grow revenue, profit, and lifetime customer loyalty. Please welcome your host, startup founder and strategic advisor, Steve Hutt. Well, this episode is brought to you by ShopPad, one of the most respected Shopify partners building apps and solutions for over 400,000 merchants around the world. And their flagship product is called Mesa. Now, Mesa is an automation platform and the easiest way to integrate any e-commerce app with your online store. And it's the only automation platform designed exclusively for Shopify and Shopify Plus powered brands. Now, Mesa allows you to create workflows that automatically carry out repetitive tasks, freeing up valuable time to focus on scaling your business operations. Now, they have a no-code workflow builder that allows anyone to create automation through a simple point-and-click interface. You can set up email notifications, schedule tasks, delay workflows, all with the simplicity of Mesa's built-in features. Now, if workflow automation is new to you, don't worry. Mesa also has a free and growing library of templates that will get you set up quickly with the most popular tasks for any business on Shopify. Now, you can try Mesa for free at absolutely no cost. They have a 14-day free trial. So go check them out at getmesa.com. That's G-E-T-M-E-S-A dot com. And their team of experts will support you on your journey of Shopify automation and improving efficiencies. Well, hey there, it's Steve, and welcome back to the e-commerce Fastlane podcast. Now, if this is your first time listening, this is an e-commerce show where we have honest and transparent conversations about building and thriving with your store powered by Shopify or Shopify Plus. If you're an ambitious, lifelong learner, which I'm sure you are, because that's why you're listening, you're definitely, definitely in the right place today. Very Today specifically, and we're going to dig into why. New episodes are available twice weekly with your favorite podcast players like Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, and many more. You can also stream current episodes, including a very relevant back catalog. We're up to 175-ish episodes. Um, you can stream them directly now from e-commerce Fastlane. There's lots of promotions and offers, a lot of partners in the app and partner ecosystem that are really helping Shopify brands. So go check that out. Now, in today's episode, my guest is Patrick Campbell. He's the CEO and co-founder of a company called ProfitWell, and they're at ProfitWell.com. Now, they're a software company, and what they do is they automatically help subscription companies increase the retention of their customers. And it's very interesting. They have the world's largest data set, which I'm sure he's going to talk about. Over 23,000 companies are connected to their platform. So they definitely have uh, data at scale. It's a great conversation. I know subscriptions is on a lot of brands' minds are trying to figure out if they're not involved in subscription, they want to get involved. Those that are involved want to figure out how they can maximize LTV. And that's the reason why I have Patrick on today. So hi, Patrick. Welcome to e-commerce Fastlane. Yeah, thanks for having me. Excited to to jam <laughs> yes. and talk about data, subscriptions, and everything in between. Uh, 
You got it. So I mentioned a tiny bit at the top of the show, but it'd be great to kind of hear in your own words exactly what you're attempting to do, you know, and doing it quite well, I might add. I have quite a few brands that are connected to ProfitWell and are seeing tremendous value out of, you know, the technology that you offer. But let's talk about some of the problems first that your platform is solving for store owners. Yeah, definitely. So our whole mission in life is to drive subscription revenue automatically. So the grand vision for ProfitWell is you plug it in, you don't have to do much of anything except for set it up and then automatically, you know, drive revenue. So we do that in a couple of different ways. The way that we kind of got started on this journey, and I know we're going to talk about that in a little bit, is we have this core product called ProfitWell Metrics where you plug in your subscription management system, Stripe, Recharge, uh, whatever you're using. Um, and basically that gives you access to all of your free uh, or all of your financial metrics. So things like LTV, things like the amount of MRR you have, your growth rates, growth rates by plan, segment all these other things. And um, we give that away for free because we're able to kind of study that data and then use that data and those lessons to basically fulfill that mission of driving you know, subscription revenue automatically. And the way that we do that specifically is one that I believe you mentioned is really around retention. So we do all of the tactical aspects of retention. So we handle credit card failures. We're the best in the world at recovering payments um, in terms of recovery rate. We do term optimization. We do a bunch of other things that I'm sure we're going to talk about in a bit because they're things that brands should be doing. And then the other kind of area of revenue that we focus on is pricing. So we work with, you know, brands like ButcherBox and um, a bunch of other fun consumer brands that basically, you know, we're helping them with our software essentially understand how they should be monetizing their products. And another way I like to put it, especially when talking to, uh, you know, e-commerce brands specifically is we do everything but the acquisition part. So there's all this content, there's all this software that helps with your acquisition. We handle all the other aspects of growth. So yeah, it's a little bit of a little bit of an overview and happy to go deeper in anything. Beautiful. So let's dig in a little bit about just the ProfitWell brand itself. I mean, there's always a founder's story or journey. And, and I believe it's a lot more than just MRR. It's not more just the selfish part of running a business and wanting recurring revenue. I mean, I think, you know, it's always the upside. I know that there's there's a significant upside to the brands that make the decision to use ProfitWell products. You have a very small slice of the pie for your technology. The upside always goes to the brand. At the end of the day, I don't, I know there's a bigger story here around why you build it. So let's talk a little bit about maybe yeah. your desire, uh, your co-founder's desire, and just the expertise. Like where'd the brain power come from, the whole idea around all of this? Yeah, definitely. So I don't know how far you want me to go back. Um, if you want to go back to the uh, the dairy farms of Wisconsin, I'm happy to, but uh, that's where I grew up. But my background's in econometrics and math. So I clearly had a lot of friends as a child, um, or at least that's my dad joke, but they were called spreadsheets. So anyways, I started my career after you know studying economics and, and math in college at, I worked actually in the U.S. intelligence community. So I had this, you know, hey, I want to go save the world. You know, the military wouldn't take me because I don't have a sense of smell, which is a fun fact. And then basically, um, you know, I got recruited to go, you know, quote unquote, save the world. And you know, obviously, I can't get too deep into that that job. I mean, except to say that I always joke I had Jack Ryan's desk job, so none of the fun, you know, stuff, action movie stuff, just like the desk job um, working at NSA, which was a good time. It's the most fulfilling job I ever had. But that's where I got a really good appreciation for um, 
just strategic thinking as well as like leverage, right? Like how do you use limited resources or limited data in order to go for some sort of outcome? And I didn't love how bureaucratic working for the government is, being a punk, ambitious kid. So I ended up in, uh, worked at Google for a little while and, you know, had a similar story of using data for leverage, but also not loving the bureaucracy of a then 30,000 person company. And so I wanted to kind of jump in and do, do my own thing, mainly because I was in my mid-20s, no big obligations. Thankfully, I didn't have any student debt, um, which I know a lot of our generation you know, kind of has to deal with. And I started working, I actually worked for a D2C brand called Jimvara. So that was the first startup I ever worked at. And they're basically, or were basically a competitor to like a Blue Nile, so customizable jewelry. And so the idea was, is you could go to their website and you can get any like gemstone for any design or any color metal, you could kind of customize it. And I was given the job of figuring out pricing. And so what was fascinating is, you know, because of all the customization, there's like 1.6 million different SKUs uh, that you theoretically could have. And it's like not only a big, you know, cost engine problem because you don't want to sell things for less than they're worth, but it's also like, how do you, how do you advance things? And there were a couple of really cool findings. Like, for example, we found out really kind of anecdotally that returns were always like simple pieces, like something you could get at any jewelry store. Those are the things that got returned. Anything that was super customized never got returned. And so we use that knowledge to basically accelerate prices, meaning raise prices on anything that's very customized. So little things like that, that was kind of the bud of an idea. And basically with ProfitWell, I wanted to jump in and it didn't quite start off as, you know, this whole subscription mission. It started off kind of helping folks with pricing. But what we started to realize is that when you look at the world of subscriptions and, you know, keep in mind, you know, eight years ago, it wasn't as obvious as it is today. You saw that there was this, this commerce model, you know, subscriptions, where for the first time in history, we had a way of charging where the relationship with the customer was baked directly into how you make money. So instead of that corner store, that grocery store or whatever it is, trying to convince you every week with a coupon to come back and buy your milk there, you had this thing where it wasn't like you had to convince your customer to come back. You had to convince your customer to stay, which is a very, very different relationship. And when we started kind of digging into the data, what we started to realize, and not all of this was linear, of course, but when we got to the end, we started to realize that like brands, especially in e-commerce, love to talk about relationships, right? Love to talk about, we need to keep them around. I know how much money we spent on branding and things like that when I was at Jimvara, but it was one of those things where we, we don't necessarily take the obvious things that we should be doing. One, having a subscription in general, it's not as hard as you would think, and it doesn't have to simply be subscribe and save, although subscribe and save does help a lot, or at least it's a good starting point. But even in addition to that, making sure that once we have that relationship, we're using the mechanics of that subscription to keep that customer around by making sure our pricing's in a really good place, and ultimately that our retention's in a good place. And I would say that, you know, we've made a dent in this mission, you know, of helping people use the mechanics of subscriptions, but there's still a long way to go because most, uh, mostly everything's focused, especially in the world of e-commerce, let alone all subscriptions on, you know, just acquiring new customers, let alone not, not like keeping them around. So yeah, that's kind of the rambly version and, you know, happy to go deeper in anything, but that's, that's, that's kind of how I got here. 
Yeah, you know, and, and that's the same feedback that I get from brands too, where they are putting a lot of their money into net new visitors. And I know that, you know, just the customer acquisition costs are quite high, but they're offsetting that by saying, like, trying to figure out a way. So if they're not subscription, they're trying to figure out a way, well, how do I get the second, third, and fourth sale? How do I build this brand relationship is exactly what you said. And, you know, and some brands are quite successful doing that. But I also believe that, you know, some brands, I'll give an example. I have one brand that I manage. I won't mention their name. Uh, I haven't really had the authorization to do that yet, but they're in the sock business. And so now socks do wear out. And I believe there's opportunity in the sock market to have a subscription offering. It's nice to be able to wake up in the morning, the brand to know that they have Number one, yes, they're building brand affinity and people are, are reminded about the brand because maybe they really enjoy the socks. They know they have to kind of rebuy them. But imagine having a subscription offering there and then knowing every month that there's X number of revenue dollars that just get to show up on the balance sheet every single month recurring wise. So there's the selfish benefit to the brand to know that you can wake up at the first of the month and knowing you have X number of thousands or tens of thousands and in some cases, hundreds of thousands of customers. I have one coffee replacement company that has over a hundred thousand subscribers, they know at a $40 average order value, they know what their revenue is going to be every month at a bare minimum. And that helps them kind of use a lot of that capital that they know they're going to get for the most part, not always, but they know that they have a certain amount of capital available or cash flow to be able to drive net new visitors. Your software kind of looks at it from a different angle saying, fair enough, Go out there and get new customers. You need that. But how do you manage and, and retain those existing customers? So I think it's the retention strategy. I think overall is a skill that brands need. Hmm. I completely agree. So is there anything that stores are missing out on right now? Like, cause I think that people are like Facebook ads, Facebook ads, doing Instagram, doing their thing, pushing hard and they're, and they're okay with these high CAC. I don't think they're as profitable as a company as they believe they are. I just talked to a brand literally just before this call where he said, did you see our revenue? Like we're, we're really up, we're up 60% this year. I said, yes, you are. But I also have noticed in your Shopify admin that your acquisition costs are quite high. Like I'm seeing your ad spend in marketing is significantly increasing. Are you comparing? comparing those two and saying, yes, sales are up. So my acquisition costs are certainly up. He's not in a subscription offering. So it'd be interesting to understand from your perspective, since you definitely, your focus is more on the retention and the, and the post-purchase kind of subscription offering. What really are brands missing out on if they don't get involved in retention? Yeah, I think there's two really big themes here that kind of go into some of the things that you were mentioning. So I think for one, I don't think brands understand the leverage that they have with better retention. And what I mean by that is we, we see this in the data and, and you know we study a lot. And if you've seen our content, we publish like benchmarks every single week. I mean, they're not like you know your grandma's benchmarks just based on surveys. They're actually based on market data from you know thousands of companies. And what we typically find is that if you look at your acquisition, right? So ads, if you have more premium aspects, maybe sales, but you know, mainly ads, like that's where you know 70 to 80% of budget is basically going to acquiring customers and paying the Facebook tax, as I like to call it. I think that the big thing though that you have to realize is that that leverage is 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 really only one with volume. And what I mean by that is it's really, really hard to improve efficiency. And I know that there's, you know, someone listening to this with ads, it's like, yeah, you can get more effective and you can get more efficient. But when we look at the data, if you improve like your conversion volume or your ad volume by, you know, 1%, on average, you'll typically see somewhere between a two to 3% boost in your revenue, right? Now, 
if you improve your retention by a similar 1%, which is a harder 1% to gain because, you know, spinning up more ad campaigns is, is you know, just mechanically easier, you're going to see typically a, a 6 to 8% boost in your overall revenue. And, you know, there's wide ranges here, sometimes a little bit less, sometimes it's a lot more. But the big thing to kind of keep in mind is, is that we typically as brands, we're abandoning really high leverage growth opportunities. And it's mainly because of either it's not the path of least resistance. There's, there's a bit of a knowledge gap, not only in how big of an important issue retention is, but also in terms of like, you know, what should you do, which I think is a big thing because every blog post is written about, hey, how should we, you know, figure out this ad campaign or what are the Apple changes going to do for us? You know, all these other things and not on like, hey, how do we make a really good business, right? The other really big topic here, though, that I think is really important to point out is that all of this is connected, right? So in the world of subscriptions, you talk about LTV and CAC and all these other things. But if you look at improving your LTV by simply adding, you know, two to three months to a customer lifetime, not only is that something where it fundamentally changes your business, like just from a profitability standpoint, a multiple standpoint, any other access you want to look at, but also you have two to three extra months that you can then reinvest into ads, right? And reinvest into acquisition. So it not only gives you the ability to accelerate growth faster, but it also gives you the ability to make sure that those customers are sticking around and you get more optionality, right? Those two to three months, maybe you're not going to use them for acquisition because you're kind of tapped out in what you can do with your ad sources. So you're going to start, you know, investing more in brand, investing more in engagement campaigns, these types of things. And so I think the really, really big thing to kind of keep in mind is, is that this is all connected. And a lot of us are running our businesses like we're the corner store, or the corner grocery store, right? Like I got to get these customers in. Some of them will come back, but it's not guaranteed. And if we just realized putting a little bit of resource on retention, and I would argue a little bit of resource on pricing, you're living in a world where your business compounds. It doesn't just grow linearly, it compounds, but it's just hard to see that because, you know, we have that acquisition brain that, you know, we're always going to have, we're always going to be spending that much money on ads, but it's just one of those things where growth comes from more places than just acquisition. I don't think a lot of people realize that. Yeah. You're preaching to the choir here. I mean, part of my day-to-day -day with Shopify really is to try to understand that and try you know, how do we profitably grow revenue? And that is definitely on a lot of brands' topic. It's definitely the sock company. I've just been telling them that you know, we've got to figure out a way of getting involved in subscription just to have. I even use words like lifecycle marketing with them. I said, even at a bare minimum, without having a subscription offering, you truly understand, you know, the recency and frequency and monetization value of your existing customers. Forget the net new visitors and you know, and the CAC costs of that, it's like, well, how are you maximizing your existing customers? And, you know, there's lots of tools and things out there that are available to kind of understand all of that and, you know, segment them out correctly and then market to them, you know, outside of subscription offering. But man, when you really migrate yourself over into the mindset that no, no, there is a customer value, like just the convenience value of having a subscription. And imagine if, you know, every, every three months you got, you know, two pairs of socks sent to you. They do wear out. Mine have holes in them right now. It's like, I need this. I need this service, right? And so I know others do also. That's all part of improving the LTV. As you said, imagine two or three extra months of getting a customer to purchase. That's, you're right. That fundamentally, that does change the business completely. So I agree with you. Retention is key to the growth of a brand. Um, and let's get into some of the tactics now, some specific things and some recommendations that you would recommend right now. Are there, and I know a lot of these features are available in the ProfitWell product and the platforms. I know you have different parts of your pricing side and the retention side. So let's dig into some of these tactics specifically, um, if you can kind of share with our audience today. 
Yeah, totally. Before we get into like the super tactics, I think it's important to point out that nothing beats making sure that the customers have value and they see the value on a continual basis, right? And that encompasses what I like to call the hard things, the strategic things. These are like your brand. Also, like, is it two pairs of socks a month? Is it one pair of socks per month? Do we offer both options, right? And I think some brands have actually, you know, because in, in the implication here is, if I send you too many socks, you might cancel your subscription. But even if you, you know, got three months and the normal person gets one month and you still cancel, is that a win? You know, there's all these like interesting questions. And, you know, some brands they've, you know, one one brand I'm kind of in love with um, for a lot of reasons. There's this company called Bottomless. And what they they're a coffee subscription company, but it's actually a little bit more than a subscription because what they do is they got over the problem that most coffee subscription companies have by giving you a scale. And basically you weigh your coffee every single day. And as soon as that coffee is like about to run out, they send you the next shipment. So they basically get over the whole like, well, if I send you too many pounds of coffee, you're going to want to cancel, you know, but I don't send you enough. You're also going to want to cancel. So there's some hard things to figure out. And so those are some really interesting places to go, but let's get tactical just because that's where, you know, I can provide the most value when it comes to, you know, a podcast format like this. And this is the tactical side of retention. And what I mean by that is these are the things that are mechanical. So you can just set these up and typically, you know, even if you do kind of an average job at installing them, they'll actually boost your LTV, you know, quite significantly, your lifetime value. The first big one that I'll mention are credit card failures. So payment failures, they're, you know, credit cards, they're mechanical devices that are subject to failure. It's just the basic idea. There's 130 plus different reasons why a credit card fails. I'm going to go through every single, I'm just kidding. We're not going to go through every single one, but these are things like limit failures. These are things like expiration dates, all kinds of things. And if you're running a subscription business, what we typically find is that around 30 to 40% of your lost customers. So if we have a hundred people who end up unsubscribing or canceling their subscription, 30 to 40 of those are going to be from payment failures. And you might be one Wondering like, holy cow, that's a lot. Yeah, that is a lot. And the problem is, is that a lot of us aren't really focused on this because, you know, we think, oh, the credit cards are just going to go through. And, you know, we're pretty good at recovering these folks, but we could be so much better. So to give you some numbers here, if a hundred people have a credit card fail or a payment fail, typically you'll see somewhere between, you know, you'll recover probably around 30 of those in a given month. The best brands in the world are recovering somewhere between 60 and 80. So some of them are going to end up leaving. That's kind of their excuse to leave. But most brands could double their recovery rate, which is a significant amount of subscription revenue in a given month. And the ways to do this, I can send over kind of a resource, but the basic idea is you got to treat this as its own marketing funnel. These are existing customers. They have a mechanical problem and you basically use a drip campaign, a little bit of SMS. There's a couple things you can do. I know Shopify has built-in landing pages where the user doesn't have to log in to update their credit card. Getting them on Shop Pay is really useful as well because that has a little bit of a less failure rate than just a traditional inputted credit card. But treating these as a marketing channel and just doing the basics. If you want to get much more advanced, especially if you're a bigger brand, this is you know we, this is kind of what we've seen with Retain, um, which has built-in functionality to solve this. Um, there's a lot of other things you can do, but those are the basics to kind of keep in mind. One question about the payment failure. So are you referring to like expired credit cards or cards that at that point in time, they were kind of maxed out and the payment hadn't gone through on the customer side? Yeah, exactly. 
Exactly. And the issue is, is that there's those 130 reasons, right? But there isn't one of those reasons that is like the majority, right? Because it would be easy if the majority of these were expired cards, right? The problem is, is that expired cards on average, and it's a little bit different depending on each brand, but it's only about 10 to 15%. And then there's other like 5% reasons and things like that. And so, yeah, it's tough. It's really tough because it's a little bit of a moving target. But the advantage of it is, again, it's a mechanical problem. It's not like the customer is like, I don't love your product. It's, hey, they don't even know most of the time that their product or their credit card has failed. Right. Okay, fair enough. What else did you have that's a tactical side? Yeah, a couple of other ones um, that are really useful in the world of subscription e-commerce, I would argue term optimization. So what I mean by this is getting people on longer term plans. And this can get a little tricky because obviously you have physical products um, for the most part you're sending to folks. But one of the the biggest like kind of net gains or the, the stat that you should focus on here is uh, quarterly customers typically retain at a 20% higher rate than monthly customers. And annuals, it's around 30%. So not all of you are going to you know, want to do an annual plan because of logistics and a whole host of things, but getting someone on a quarterly plan is something that's, that's pretty doable. Now, the problem is that most of us are only asking people to get on a quarterly or an annual or a six-month plan when someone actually signs up. So what's happening is they have not necessarily experienced your product yet. And all of a sudden, you know, you're asking them to, to have a longer term relationship with you, right? What we should be doing and what's really, really important is going to someone probably after that first month up to maybe four months, because after four or five months, they're probably going to stick with you into the long term. It does depend on the brand that where that number is. But the basic idea is like after that first month, that's when I want to start going at them probably every 30 to 45 days, almost after every shipment and reminding them with some sort of offer to get on a longer term plan. Now, the way that those offers should be structured, what we see in the data is actual physical amounts typically perform at a much, much higher rate. So what I mean by that is if you offer $10 off, that's going to perform at a higher rate than something like 5% off. And this is just because human beings, we we have a, a numeracy when it comes to like things like percentages. And this study has been done since, you know, the 1920s when JC Penney did a study where they put two for, you know, one versus two for 50% off, which are the same offers. Two for one would win, you know, handedly because again, it felt physical like I was gaining something. So other brands um, that I've seen do really well with this. They'll actually offer up a physical product where it says, hey, if you get on um, you know, our three-month plan, we'll send you a free X, whatever X is. Um, a lot of times it's old inventory, which is kind of a fascinating way to think about things, right? Because you know, you're kind of making something that you're no longer selling into something new and something that you're probably going to you know, sell at wholesale or resale in some way. So it's a way to kind of like boost things already and also not take advantage of that, that sunk cost that you have. But normally what we see is best brands in the world, they're getting somewhere between 20 and 50%. It depends on your price point, but 20 to 50% of their subscription customers onto longer term plans, which inevitably will boost their overall lifetime value. A couple of other kind of quick ones. Salvage offers are super important. Some brands are using them really, really well. Other brands just don't have them at all. Um, and what a salvage offer is basically when someone tries to cancel what I want to do is I don't want to send them, you know, a big survey or anything like that, but I want to ask them like one or two questions about why they're leaving. And then based on that answer, I want to offer up different options. 
And what I mean by that is if they say, hey, I have too much product, we'll give them the option to pause for, for one month, right? And these are obvious things, but a lot of people aren't doing them. Or if they say, hey, it was too expensive, I'm not seeing the value, maybe give them one month at 50% off or $10 off or whatever it ends up being. And then even options such as you know rescheduling their delivery date. There's a bunch of different things that you can do, and a lot of these are built into your billing systems, but you just got to make sure that they're turned on and optimized. And typically what we see is that having some sort of offboarding not only will help you retain customers, oftentimes you can reduce those active cancellations by between 20 and 30%, but it also helps you gain information as to why someone might be leaving your product, which not enough brands are doing, which is, hey, like, why do you love the product? Why do you not want the product anymore? That's really good to pass on to the rest of your team so that they can do better at getting better customers as well as getting better aspects of the product moving. And then the last one I'll mention is reactivation campaigns. One of the hardest things for a brand to do is to educate someone about their brand. <laughs> like, hey, we exist. We provide this solution. We provide this product. And it's awesome for you because of X, Y, or Z, right? That's really hard. Well, if someone comes in and basically buys your product on a subscription, and then all of a sudden they cancel, there's a bunch of reasons why they might have canceled. That group of people who have canceled is an amazing segment for you to remarket to not only in terms of your ads, but also in terms of like sending some sort of offers. So again, very similar to term optimization, giving them some sort of physical offer. Hey, if you sign back up, we'll give you this item. Hey, if you sign back up, we'll give you $10 off. And again, it's just kind of taking that acquisition strength that most brands have and just pointing it at your retention. And there's a good number of brands who do this in the sense of trying to get repeat purchases. But if you get someone on a subscription, keep them around, and then those who leave you bring back, that's another way that you can actually boost that overall lifetime value. So those are kind of the four things, payment failures, term optimization, salvage offers, and reactivation campaigns that I think every brand within a month of one person just working on this can implement at least the basics. And if you're larger, you're going to want to study the data and trigger the right offers at the right time. And this is kind of the stuff that we do with Retain because we're able to study all of that data. But you don't necessarily, you know, this is a bad sales pitch. You don't necessarily need to use Retain to basically get this stuff moving, at least to, to get those incremental gains that you could be getting, um, especially if you're a smaller brand and just don't have time to, to implement as many things. Well, let's think about this show, which is kind of unique. I mean, I think there's different maturity and complexities of different brands. Some people are just kind of aspirationally listening to this show. Others are kind of, you know, knee deep into it. And so maybe on the Shopify plus side of the business. So depending on where you're at, I mean, that there is going to be some opportunities. And I'll, we'll talk more near the end of the show about how people can get involved with profit well. But I mean, the other idea is that, yeah, you're just offering some great value today and saying, here's some tactical things that you may want to do that are proven successful, either using your solution or manually doing it because you're a smaller brand and being like, like I totally get it. It's all part of their entrepreneurial journey. So let's talk a little bit about stories now, because I think people love, love, love to hear stories. I think that's one of the things that I think one of the successes, I believe, of Shopify Plus, for example, is that there's a lot of brands that have made the decision to be on Shopify Plus. And because they're there, other brands try to aspire to go, how do I grow and scale my business to get access to some of the Shopify Plus features, maybe get a merchant success team member like myself, just getting, you know, increased API calls, there's lots of benefits of being on the plus side of the business. I think there's also some great stories out there that I know you have with so many customers. Is there any that you could kind of share with us today? Maybe one that's maybe notable. Um, it'd be interesting to understand like their journey, like, like what happened? Like, was there a particular point in time of one of your customers that they had like a certain challenge? And then did they find your solution? 
did they execute a couple of this, you know, the tactics that you've recommended, the pricing side or the retention side? And then what sort of results came out of that sort of, I guess, experiment and then continuing on being a customer of ProfitWell? Yeah, totally. So we we have a couple of you know nice brands that are probably uh, brands that people have heard of that I think uh, I can put a nice little composite character together for you here. So a couple that I think are, are notable are you know so we work with like Hubble Contacts, Hunt a Killer, which I always have to preface what they do because people are like, wait, what is that brand? If they don't know it, but they do like a murder mystery kind of subscription game, which I think is pretty cool. And then even like Doctor Squatch, I think is is notable. They had a Super Bowl commercial this year, and what's kind of interesting is these brands. A lot of times what ends up happening is they just start looking at the numbers and they start realizing, especially with a subscription, hey, um, a lot of these people are leaving. <laughs> They're leaving because of a whole host of reasons. And we're not sure exactly why, or we are sure a little bit on some of the reasons, but holy cow, this is a problem, right? And I do know with like, you know, Ryan from Hunt to Killer, you know, we met at a, at a conference and, you know, he was just talking about, he actually had, you know, some pain with, you know, they were doing really good runaway growth, but he was kind of worried about like the next stage of growth, right? Which is a nice champagne problem to have, right? Like, how do you, you know, you're like, things are going crazy and great, but like, how do I go from, you know, tens of millions to hundreds of millions, right? You know, that's the the big thing to kind of think about. And I think we all wish we could have that, that headache, but it was one of those things too, where similar to him, some of the other brands, they were, you know, on runaway growth, but they were thinking about like, okay, well, this is really good, but if I have to keep spending $1 to get a dollar in return, even if I'm just spending all the money in the world, like it's not like an amazing business. And so that's typically the emotion is like, how do I make sure that I get this leverage compounding growth rather than kind of just getting this linear, like $1 in gets $1 out type growth. And that's kind of why a lot of people seek us out. And the other reason is they might have like a pinpoint problem. Like they're like, holy cow, I'm not really, I just realized how much, you know, credit cards are hurting me right now. And so they, they kind of come to us, but yeah, it's normally how people find us. And what kind of happens at that point is, you know, when we talk to them, what's kind of beautiful about the way we've structured retain, and this is very intentional because what's interesting is I can talk with you, you know, about how important it is to get your retention and care about your retention, all these other things. But I, I know like the path of least resistance is spend more money and spend more time on acquisition, right? So when we were building ProfitWell, we like very specifically set it up so that it was a set it and forget it solution. So our team, as well as our technology, like does all the work. We study the data automatically, you know, because some some jobs are better for machines, especially studying data. And then that fuels the outreach. It's all private labeled and everything like that. And so a lot of them come to us and they really like the fact that you just kind of plug it in and it takes care of it. And so what's kind of beautiful is they plug it in, you know, there's a little bit of like an onboarding and then all of a sudden, like they just see the the right number inside profit will go down and the right number go up, you know, depending on the numbers you're looking at, but they see, you know, failures go down. They see retention go up, especially with things like term optimization and things like that. And so, yeah, long story short, you know, that's typically the story that a lot of people tend to have. And I think my favorite is when people, you know, there's some brands that go through and they'll audit the tools and they'll audit the things that they're doing every single month just to be really conscious of costs. And I think one of my favorites is I'll occasionally get messages and I don't know if they want me to say this, so I won't tell you exactly who it was, but it was one of one of those three, but they texted our team and basically said like, Hey, by the way, it's the easiest decision every month because, you know, we're pay for performance. So if, if we're not helping, you know, our brands, they, you know, we don't make anything. And so 
what's kind of beautiful about it is they just said, yeah, it's the easiest decision. We're going to stop considering this each month because every time we consider it, it's like, we know we're not going to you know beat your recovery rates. And we know that basically you're going to keep making us money. And so, you know, as a founder, as someone who's trying to build something valuable, like there's nothing truer than the actual bottom line in the spreadsheet when we can show people that we're making them cash. So, yeah. So the other thing I'm thinking about is pricing for the product. And so how do you price the product? Because I know there's different parts of it. If someone's looking to, you know, optimize their subscription pricing and you're able to analyze the data and make some recommendations there, I think there's that side of the business. Let's suppose there's people that are involved in subscription or want to be involved in subscription and they kind of decide, hey, you know what, ProfitWell might be a great opportunity for me, at least from an education perspective. And then the technology that goes along with it. How do you look at a brand and say, okay, well, since it's kind of a set it and forget it kind of opportunity here, how do you choose to price the product based on the brand that's connecting to it? Yeah, totally. So the metrics product is completely free. And the reason we do that is because one, it helps us kind of show you your problems, if that makes sense. So when you plug in and we're like, hey, I don't know if you know this, you probably saw it in your Shopify app or something, but these three lines, there should not be this high, right? You know, in terms of, you know, cancellations and things like that. The other reason is kind of selfishly, like selling a metrics product is actually really hard and terrible. And so a couple of years in, when we started building the metrics product, we thought we were going to actually sell it. And then we started realizing, you know, how hard it is to sell analytics. And it's just because analytics, like you don't use it every day. And so you don't appreciate how much value you get out of it, all that kind of fun stuff or how much work went into it. And so we almost killed it, but then we started realizing like the more data we had, the better our algorithms can be. And so the retain product is priced, as I mentioned, purely on performance. So we're able to basically peg, hey, here's your recovery rate of canceled customers, credit card failures, these types of things on a given month. And we take like a six month average, you know, or three month, whatever's higher. So we want to kind of make it a no brainer. And then basically what ends up happening is we're able to measure between that point and how much we recover. So if we don't recover anything, you don't pay anything. And if we recover a lot, we don't take that much, you know? So it's one of those things where we actually, for most brands, um, we'll set it up on a CPA basis because they can think about it kind of on a react to, you know, reacquisition kind of campaign where basically the, the number of customers we recover over that baseline times that CPA, which makes sense. They can kind of think about it inside their models. And what's kind of cool, like we wanted again to make this no brainer is we also guarantee that a customer will stick around for two months. So what I mean by that is if we recover a customer today, basically we won't count that customer as recovered until they get charged the next month. So it, it just kind of makes it so easy to kind of implement and not worry about. And then all of a sudden, like each month, you know that it's like definitely over 100% ROI. If not, you know, most brands are getting, you know, a thousand percent ROI out of using ProfitWell. I see. All right. That makes complete sense. Yeah. I just was curious on kind of how you're going to price the product, but yeah, it's totally performance-based and I think that's fantastic. We'll make sure by the end of this episode, we'll put some links uh, in the show notes for that, for those that are on subscription, that they can download the solution, have it added on uh, to their admin. So you can actually see the actual results. Cause I think that's the, that's the key is just, I think there's a significant education component. I think there's a lot of money being left on the table with current subscription companies that maybe if they dig deeper into the analytics, and their data, they realize that there are, as these things you mentioned, the credit card failures and, you know, a few other things that can happen, you know, how to salvage these orders and stuff like that. And so it's interesting that your tool will at least reveal that and then push comes to shove. The next opportunity is, well, let us do it for you and we'll prove the value of it. I think that's pretty awesome. So thanks a lot for, for sharing those stories. Yeah, totally. 
So uh, we're getting near the end of the show for today, but I just would love to kind of understand a little bit about where the ProfitWell product is kind of headed in the future. I mean, are you able to share publicly kind of maybe what your North Star is kind of, I guess, for the remainder of 21 partner alignments? One question I didn't really ask that I think might be important too, as the product iterates is how do you play with others in the Shopify world and the partner side, you know, if they have a certain tech stack that they love and they use and, and does profit well integrate nicely with others in the partner ecosystem and then kind of where you believe the profit well product is going to iterate over the next year or more yeah definitely in terms of the partner side we we integrate really well mainly because our whole concept is set it and forget it should also be easy to set <laughs> and so whether it's um Stripe or Recharge, um, meaning like using subscriptions, we're we're working on the Shopify subscription aspect now as well, um, as as you guys continue to add that, or it's just using the backend like billing system. Like the whole goal is you should be able to connect your billing or your subscription management within two minutes, like a real two minutes, not like a markety two minutes. And so you know with like Stripe we have OAuth, so it literally takes two minutes. With some of the other systems you have to set up an API user, but it's clear instructions and it'll take you no more than two minutes. And so that's kind of how we think about it. And and then for some of the really, really big brands, our APIs are really well developed because we had to obviously work with all these billing APIs. And so we had to have a good tech stack. And so what that that kind of leads to is we make sure that obviously that bigger brands want to do more fun things basically on our platform or in our products. Like they're able to do that, whether it's different reporting or, you know, integrating with their tech stack. And so that works really well. I think in terms of where we're going, in terms of product, I think it's Again, back to that thesis, you know, we talked a lot about retention, but our, our thesis is you plug in profitable and you grow. We want to drive that subscription revenue automatically. And so we're we're nearing not quite the end, but we're nearing like the first 80% of, I would argue, the retention piece um, and finalizing that. And we're kind of putting the stake, the stake in the ground of, of that being done basically within the next month, actually. And then it becomes like battling that last 20%, which we're gonna keep battling, right? So th there's just a bunch of little like you know, little things, right? So for example, integrating with, you know, or providing different payment options, you know, in the flow and, you know, a couple of other things that, you know, we don't really need right now to get the recovery rate we're able to get, but we want to keep adding those little percent recoveries, right? If that makes sense. And then the other focus as we're doing that is going deeper and deeper into automated products around pricing, um, as well as some other growth products that we've been thinking about. And the basic idea is, is like, we want to be the place to go where again, you plug ProfitWell in and it makes you money and you don't have to do next to any work to basically make that happen. And so short answer is we'll be going deeper on our pricing product. You know, the longer answer is, is we're still kind of, you know, developing where that product direction goes. Beautiful. So Patrick, we are nearing the end of the show for today. And I just appreciate you've given a lot of value bombs. I think there's a lot of people that understand the benefits of having a subscription company. They're just not quite sure how to do it, but they also understand there's some nuances now about how do we maximize lifetime value with some of the tactical things These that certainly can happen. And then just, I think you've really helped give that education component towards what sort of things should you think about. And it's nice that you have this product available, you know, really performance-based to really help brands that maybe are further along their subscription journey and they really want to maximize, I wouldn't be surprised as soon as people add it, they're like, okay, just so you know, um, with some of the automation things that are built into ProfitWell, this is the kind of money that's being left on the table uh, for the last 90 days. And so I think it's time for you to start turning it on <laughs> because there's money being left on the table, right? So I just would love you just to share any any takeaways that, you know, or any kind of insights uh, that you would like to kind of summarize for our listeners today. 
I think the big one is stop making your life harder. I've worked in subscription e-commerce, DTC, I've worked in SaaS, I've worked in all these other places. And there isn't an industry that talks more about brand and relationship more than the world of e-commerce. But the way that we talk about that is normally in brand and normally in relationship and community and social and these types of things. And the easiest way to get relationship is to have a subscription. It's a mechanical device that you can implement within your business to compound your growth and then to make sure that you're retaining those customers on a continual basis by looking at your retention and optimizing your retention into you know the future. And what we found, at least with you know Profitable Retain, is that by doing even kind of the average of these, if not trying to be you know top tier in, in terms of retention, you're able to kind of boost that lifetime value by anywhere between 15 and 55%. And if you can get those extra months out of your customer and keeping them coming back, i.e. making sure that relationship is there, there's no way that you're not going to be successful. So make it easier on yourself. Don't just talk about relationships. Actually focus on the relationship is the thing that I would leave everyone with. Beautiful. So how can people learn more about uh, both of your solutions and where do people need to go? Yeah, just go to profwell.com. You'll find right there, you can navigate to the metrics product if you want to get your free subscription metrics or retain. You can also feel free to send me an email at pc at profwell.com, just my initials. We publish so much and we have so much data. If you have a question around like, hey, what's going on with this part of the market? Or, hey, what's going on with you know these metrics, these types of things in our market? Like, Don't be afraid to hit me up. Um, we probably have something already published on it or I can easily find it for you. I understand you have a podcast too? Yeah, so we do a lot of content. So we have, we actually have a whole like network. So we have seven different shows on all things from entrepreneurship and executive development to subscription retention. We have a show called Boxed Out, where we basically uh, do kind of teardowns of different retention strategies from different brands. And we actually like look at their retention, calculate things. And it's actually really helpful because a lot of the concepts we talked about today, you can look at and, you know, find deeper, you know, examples to kind of implement within your business. But yeah. Yeah, just go to profile.com slash recur. That's where you can get all the content that we publish and all the benchmarks and things like that as well. So we spoke offline before recording today and understand that you would like to share an offer for those listening today that would like to get involved uh, with the ProfitWell product. Yeah, Steve, you're trying to bankrupt us by, by reminding me of this, right? Is that? No. So actually we have, I think our largest <laughs> offer to date, we're going to give any listeners to the Fastlane podcast here, we will give $10,000 in free recovery credit. So basically your first $10,000 recovered on ProfitWell is going to be completely free, which is pretty exciting. And um, yeah, I'm happy to... To, happy to give that to the community just because you know I love what you guys are doing so I wanted to make sure that the the offer was good here of course perfect so what I'll do is I'll have that offer available at ecommercefastlane.com forward slash profit well and that's going to redirect to a landing page so we'll have all the details of how you can sign up for it getting like a free bonus ten thousand dollars in recovery credits will certainly prove the value of the profit well product for sure and the data won't lie and I thank you very very kindly for offering that I think that's kind of the way for people to kick the tires a bit so to speak more than just the free product like actually having it working the automation processes that are available you know as we talked about in this episode and now you you're able to see actual money and dollars in their pocket. I think there's like tremendous value in that. 
Yeah, appreciate that. I uh, just want to give back. That's that's the goal. Evangelize knowledge, evangelize cash, do, do whatever we need to do here. Absolutely. Well, you know, as you know, Shopify's mission really is to make commerce better for everyone. And, you know, just I want to thank you for coming on the show today. It's very clear that, you know, both you and the ProfitWell team really are in tight alignment with really wanting to help brands in a lot of cases improve efficiencies you know through automation um, and what your platform can do you're definitely involved in growing revenue you're definitely involved in the retention side of the business which is you know building this lifetime customer loyalty and i just wanted to give you kudos on that i like i said i have many brands that are using your platform that are wildly excited and happy that they're connected because they call that part of their you know the missing link as to building uh, their revenue pipeline for their company and just want to thank you for that you've given back a lot to the ecosystem through your podcast through content and stuff like that. So once again, thanks for coming on the show today. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right, have a great day. Today's episode was made possible by Mesa, the easiest way to integrate any Shopify app with your online store. Now, Mesa allows you to create workflows that automatically carry out repetitive tasks and free up valuable time to focus on growing and scaling your business operations. You can set up email notifications, schedule tasks, delay workflows, all with the simplicity of Mesa's built-in features. Now, Mesa has a free and growing library of templates that will get you set up quickly with the most popular tasks for any growing business on Shopify. Now, you can try Mesa today for free, absolutely no cost. They have a 14-day free trial. So go check them out at getmesa.com. That's G-E-T-M-E-S-A.com. And their team of experts will support you on your journey of Shopify automation and improving efficiencies. Well, that's it for today's episode. I'd like to thank you personally for being a loyal listener of e-commerce Fastlane. It's my hope that this podcast is offering you a ton of value through growth strategies, tactics, and exclusive insider tips on the best Shopify apps and marketing platforms, all with my personal goal to help you build, manage, grow, and scale a successful and thriving company powered by Shopify. Thanks for investing some time today and listening to the show. I'm so proud and excited that you have a growth mindset and are a constant learner. I truly appreciate you and your entrepreneurial journey. Enjoy the rest of the week and keep thriving with Shopify.